0: Amen. Listen, have a seat where you are today. It is so good to see each and every one of you, those of you who are here in person, those of you who are joining us online. We're just so thankful that you are able to tune in with us today. It is officially the Christmas season. For some of you, depending on how into it you are, you may be thinking we're a little late to it. Some of you may have had your Christmas decorations up for a while. But Christmas really is here. This is the first Sunday in Advent, the first Sunday of the Christmas season that we begin to kind of prepare our hearts for Christ. And and this year, we have decided to go with a series called Prepare Him Room. And today, we're going to be talking about preparing room for him for hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 today. Let's get started with the word. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you today for your word. God, I thank you for beauty of your word, for the promise of your word. I thank you for hope and joy and peace and love that comes through your Holy Spirit. Lord, today I ask that you just make room in our hearts to receive from your word, to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me tell you, this season is a season, I think, that we usually kind of are packed to overflow. I don't know about you all, but how many of you are just now maybe not even having finished your Thanksgiving leftovers? Anybody? There comes a point, right, where you're like, not one more time am I heating up this sweet potato casserole. I cannot have one more scoop of mashed potatoes. My brother and I attempted to do some Thanksgiving cooking this year. Um, We forgot to make anything green, nothing. We called it Lindsay and Justin's very starchy Thanksgiving. We had hash brown casserole and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and mac and cheese and bread. So needless to say, we were carb overloaded in about like 10 minutes time, right? We were packed to the brim. We also apparently only know how to cook for 15 people minimum, no matter how many are actually there. So we had just, I mean, just huge amounts of food, and we were just, the table was overflowing, and At this time of year, so many things are packed to the brim, right? Like you pull out your Christmas decorations and you're like, these boxes are fuller every single year, right? We're overrun with things. I think about that first Christmas that Jeremy and I were married and we had to go buy our first tree and we had like 15 ornaments on the tree because that's all we could afford to buy was the pack of 15 Christmas balls, right? And now we have more than we can even put on the tree, right? We just keep adding more and more things, right? How many of you pack your car when you go somewhere? If you have children, you know, right? When you have children, you you move out of your house every time you leave the house, right? You have to pack and pack and pack. And everything is packed to overflowing, Especially in this time of year, our tables are packed to overflowing. Our cars are packed to overflowing. Everything is full all the time, right? And that includes our minds and our hearts. And sometimes they're full of good things, and sometimes they're full of things that aren't great. But everything is packed to the brim. And sometimes we can overflow with Christmas cheer. And sometimes if you happen to go to Hobby Lobby, you may not overflow with Christmas cheer. It may be a little something different when you're packed in with people, right? It's so weird to be packed in with lots of people when you go somewhere. After we've had this season of staying distant and staying far apart and you walk into a store, right? And there's so many people in there and you're like, wow, I forgot what it was like to be around this many people, to see places packed and overrun. But in this time of year, we expect to be full. We expect for things to overflow, right? Kids want the tree overflowing with presents. Everything is packed full. But in our hearts, we have got to make room Jesus. It's so easy to make room for so many other things, right? Like if I want to make room for a new piece of furniture, I will make room. If somebody has something and I want it, right, I want that new couch, I don't care that it's three sizes too big for my living room, I am going to rearrange that living room 20 times, right, to make room for what I want to make room for. If I want to go somewhere, I'm going to make time to go there, no matter how busy I am. We make room for what we want to make room for. We make time. And in this season with so much busyness and so many things going on, and really it's not even just this season, in this life that is so full, we have got to make room for Jesus. So we're going to talk about preparing room for Jesus. But when we are preparing room for Jesus, what does that really mean? What are we making room for in our lives? What does it mean to make room for Jesus? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit today. That line from the song that says, let every heart prepare him room. What are we making room for? I want to look at the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2 today, a familiar story. We've probably all heard it lots of times being read. It's a story that's comfortable to us, one that most of us make room for at some point during this season, right, to read the story of Jesus' birth. But today I want to just take it and break it down a little bit and dig into it. Starting with Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea I'm going to say something, and no pun intended because of the year, but hindsight is 2020, right? Like, do you ever think that that innkeeper thought, you know, if somebody had just told me who you were, I probably would have made room, right? Like, if I had known that it was the Savior of the world who was going to be born, I probably would have kicked, you know, the the Smiths out of their room and told them to go sleep in the manger and made room for the mother of Christ to have a place to give birth sight is 2020. It's What's the point of saying there was no room for them in the inn? Yes, it was a fulfillment of prophecy that he would be born where he was born, but don't you think that knowing after the fact that that innkeeper probably thought, well, if I had just known, I would have set things up. I would have made things comfortable. I don't know about you all, but I don't really like to have guests unless I know they're coming because my house is not clean. Sorry, mom. She knows. I I need a a a warning, right? except unless it's somebody real close to me who already knows how my house is always a mess and then I just roll with it. But if somebody's coming, I want to know in advance that they're coming so that I can make room for them, right? I want to wash the sheets. I want to make sure that they have the comfortable bed in the house. I want to prepare some space for them. If they're going to stay for a while, I want to make room for them to hang their clothes in the closet. If I know they're coming, I'm going to make room for them. And if that innkeeper had only known who was there, would he have made more room? Would he have maybe evicted someone less important from their room to make room for Jesus? But see, he didn't have the benefit of hindsight. We do. We know who came. We know who's here. So we get to make the decision of what kind of space we're going to give him. We get to make the choice. Listen, let me tell you something. If Jesus is riding in your car, he gets shotgun. I'm not going to make Jesus sit in the middle seat in the back between my boys. Right? I'm going to give him priority seating. If I knew he was coming to stay in my house, there's a Keith Green song that talks about how people were taking care of, of the poor. And they said, well, Jesus, if we'd only known it was you, you know, we would have gotten you a cheeseburger or something. Right, But we do know. We know that it's Jesus. And so we have the sight to say, hey, we can make some space for you. When we know who and we keep that in mind, it makes it a little easier to evict some other things. Because if some other things have taken priority over Jesus, let me tell you something. When you start thinking about who it is you're making room for, who is it that I'm making time for? If I think to myself, I'm making time for Jesus, maybe that'll make it a little easier to say no to something else. My child can be extremely busy until his friends call and want to go somewhere. And then all of a sudden, he has all the free time in the world. He has nothing to do. Now, five minutes ago when I asked him to do the dishes, he was swamped with homework. But now that his friends have called and asked him to go out, he has all the free time in the world, right? Because we make room for what is important to us. And maybe here in this very busy year, where so many things have been very, very important, we need to just take a little inventory and say, hey, maybe I need to make some room for Jesus. Maybe there's some other things in this space that can go to give him the space he deserves. He's not an afterthought. He deserves some space, some residence, some room. But when we're making room for him, what are we making room for? What are we making space for? You know, Jesus is hope. Jesus is peace. Jesus is love. Jesus is joy. When you make room for Jesus... You're not just making room for words on a page or prayer. You're making room for the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. You're making room for hope. You're making room for love. You're making room for joy. You're making room for peace. You're making room for things that grow and expand you and fill you up in all kinds of good ways. The hope of Jesus Christ is not a potato that fills you up for a few minutes and then you're like, why am I hungry again? He is the unqu- the water that quenches and you'll never thirst again. He is the bread of life that makes you never hunger again. When I fill myself up with Jesus, I'm filling up every nook and cranny with hope and love and joy and peace. But I have to make room for him. What are we making room for? In verse eight. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. I love, just say, I love who Jesus talks to, who the angels appear to, and who God chooses. He always chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. And so I want to pause right here and say today, you may not be living in the lap of luxury. You may not be wealthy. You may not have the nicest home. You may not have the best job. In fact, your life could be a complete and total mess. But Jesus loves messes. And God loves to show up and show out to people no one would expect. So who does he pronounce the arrival of the Savior of the world to? Some shepherds in a field working in the middle of the night. Those of you in the midnight shift, God loves to show up to those who are working at night when everybody else is asleep. So listen today, we, we don't hear here that God showed up and sent his angels to announce the birth of Christ to important people. He showed up to shepherds. We don't have to have anything fancy. We just have to have room. They're in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day, In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. This is the hope of the world. He has chosen, he is choosing to take up residence in your heart if you will give him room. Give him room at your table. Give him the leading headline on your news feed. Because what does it say? It says, born to you this day, the Savior of the world. He didn't look at them and say, born to the important people, could you pass on the news? He looked at them and he said, born to you this day. The Savior of the world was born for you, for me for all of us. That is the hope of the world. And let me tell you something. We've got to make room for that hope inside of us because there's so many other things to fill our minds that have absolutely no hope or goodness in them. But yet the hope of the world was born to you, was born for you. The Savior of the world was born so that you could know him. Man, that is something to make room for. Who are we making room for? The Savior of the world. That's hopeful. That is hope. Man, this world needs hope so badly. It's searching. It's desperate. It's looking for all kinds of things. That's why addiction and dangerous relationships and all kind of heartache are rampant because people have holes and they need to fill them. And so they find things to fill them. It's why eating disorders and all kinds of things are ravaging people's lives because they need to fill this hole. And they've searched for everything. And meanwhile, for unto you was born a Savior. is what was made to fill that hole. Every time I preach, I'll probably always mention Ecclesiastes 3.11, right? He's made everything beautiful in his time, and he has set in the heart eternity that no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That longing for what's out there that longing for where we came from, from where it started and where it ends, that longing in there, that was placed in there by Jesus. I mean it was just made a perfect size, longing. and then the night came, where the perfectly shaped piece to fill that hole, that longingness was born. for unto you was born a savior, the hope. Of the world. Verse 12, or 13. and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men." So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, "Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass." which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which they were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. As it was told them. Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen that had been told them. Oh, I've seen some things. Oh, I've heard some things. How many times have we heard that? Oh, you don't know the things I've seen. You don't know the things I've heard. If you only lived the life I live, had seen the things I've seen. You know, it was the angels who first pronounced the arrival of Jesus on earth. But now that he's here, that's become our job to pronounce him. And those shepherds, they believed, not just because of what they had heard from the angels, but they quickly made haste to find the baby. And once they found him, then they knew that what they had heard and what they saw lined up together and therefore when they had seen and they had heard they went out and declared let me tell you something this world doesn't need to see or hear from us anymore of oh what i have seen oh the things i have seen oh what i have heard let me tell you this world is desperate to hear Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. For unto you and me and us all has been born a Savior. We have to make room for Jesus. We've all seen some things. We've all been down some roads. But at the end of that road was Jesus. And at the end of that noise was Jesus. And there are lots of things sitting at my table. And lots of things filling in my mind and my heart. There are so many things. Life has a lot of things. But I have hindsight to know. I know that unto me a Savior was born. I know that what I have heard is true. It's not a story. It's not an inflatable in your front yard. It is the truth that unto us a Savior was born, that a young girl was chosen by God, and the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she gave birth to a child, and that child would grow up in the Lord in strength and wisdom, and he would walk through this world healing people and saving people, that he would draw 12 men unto himself, and they would go and they would spread the good news of the world all around. And because of him, I know that hope is real. I know that there is more than just the things I've seen and the things I've heard. There is a Savior, and I need to make room for him. A thrill of hope, a weary World rejoices. Man, this world is weary. It's worrisome. Your parent ever tell you that you worrisome? Mm-hmm. This world is worrisome. It's got drama for days. It's got problems. You've got problems. I've got problems. We all got problems. Things are not always going to work out like the ending of a Hallmark movie. So yes, I've seen some things and you've seen some things. But unto you was born a Savior. This season of Advent, it's about preparing our hearts and minds and reminding us about the arrival of Jesus Christ on the scene. It was the moment that separated the old from the new. It literally his arrival separated time. There was before Christ and there is after his arrival. And we have the hindsight of knowing the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And let me tell you something, if you're a fellow believer with me here today, we better start being the ones who are rejoicing and who are declaring the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God in the land of the living we have got to start sharing the hope for which we have seen because let me tell you something people are listening to what we are saying but if we are saying God is good but living our lives as though things are still up in the air and unsure we are not showing and speaking the same thing the shepherds believed because they heard and then they saw and so we've got to start living where what we say and what we show are the same thing. So, if I'm gonna say that Jesus Christ is the Savior and the hope of the world, then I better live like He is. I can't make room for fear and worry. I can't make room for all of these other things, but not make room for hope. The weary world. Rejoices. A thrill of hope. Boy. I need the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. Don't you need him? Don't we all need a little hope right now? For unto you. A savior was born let's prepare him room really. so today listen I know there's lots of things that fill up our time and I'm not saying you need to start reading your Bible for five hours a day I'm not saying you, you need to just do nothing else but look at the Bible but in our hearts in our minds and thoughts in our words Is there room for more hope? Is there room in our conversation for more Jesus? Is there room in the depths of our soul for more hope? Is there room for the Savior of the world at our table? Have we made room for him or are we stuffing him in the corner in the five minutes of free time that we have? Are we taking the Savior of the world and sticking him at the kids' table like a kid's story only for them to partake of? Or are we realizing that this story in Luke chapter 2, it's not just a Christmas story for little kids to dress up in sheets and walk around carrying plastic baby dolls. This is not just for the little babies. This is for us. A weary heart rejoices. An addict's heart is set free. A broken soul is made whole, because unto us a Savior has been born, the hope of the world. Would you stand with me today? Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you need some hope to overflow out of you right now, can we just lift our hands if that's you? There's a whole lot that's come out of me this year. Boy, I've had some overflowing of stress. I've had some overflowing of worry. I've had some overflowing of burdens. But Lord, I know the truth. And as I trust in you, may you overflow me with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, today we come to you on this first Sunday of Advent with expectation that we know a Savior was born unto us, unto this world, the hope of the world, the Savior of the world. So Lord, today I ask that you come in and you make room in our hearts for you. Lord, show us every closet we need to empty out of our soul. Show us every burden that's taken up your place at our table and let us lay it aside so there's a place for you to sit. Lord, let us make room today. Prepare a space for you so that it is you that overflows out of us. Let the thrill of hope rise up within us. And rejoice. Glory to God in the highest. On earth peace and goodwill towards men. For unto you, unto me, unto us all, a Savior has been born. And he is the hope of the world. Thank you, God, for giving us hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, today Pastor Jeremy is going to come and close us out, but I want to encourage you to make each week over the next several weeks a priority. We make so much time for so many things. We have to make time. We have to make room for Christ to come in and start filling up all those areas. So I pray that you are full of hope this week. God bless. God bless.